this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to the Reluctant Agilist. Today I'm here with Anu Smalley. Anu, say hi to everyone. Hey, everyone. And we're going to talk about a very long-named new certification that's come out and why it might be valuable for you, whether you are somebody who does Agile or somebody who does traditional project management. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, and Anu and I, just to be open about this, we've known each other for a long time, volunteered together for a long time. Um, and I have great respect for her. So thank you for being here today. Uh, thank you for having me here, Dave. So how do you explain to people what you do? Because you do a lot more than just basic training and coaching. You 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 are somebody who like got into the space and went in every direction and just expanded <laughs> like manifest destiny. Uh, uh, yes, I've been told this one thing I cannot stop doing is raise my hand to volunteer for stuff. Um, uh, I, you know, I got into training and coaching and once I got into the community as a certified trainer and coach, I realized there was so much more to be done that can be done. And my passion is I like working with people and helping them figure their stuff out. Um, I spend a lot of time with the community members at events. I like networking. I am a social introvert, so I like doing that because that allows me to get out there and push the envelope for my own uh, abilities. So you're an introvert that wants to be an extrovert. I'm an introvert that is comfortable in social situations where it's my topic. You put me in a group okay. where the topic is unknown to me and I'll be one of those, hi, I'll be sitting in the corner going, hi, hi. But you put me in front of a group in an agile community, I'm all over because I'm okay. comfortable with the topic. I know the stuff. Even today, when I get up on stage to talk about anything, yeah. as I'm walking up, I, I, I repeat to myself, remember your name, remember your name, because if I can introduce myself, I'm good. <laughs> so that's, um, that's, I mean, that's not really what we're talking about today, but it's very interesting to me because I am an introvert where I can do the social thing. Whether I have expertise or not, I can do it, but it, mm. it's like it's scraping pieces of me away for every minute of conversation. Yeah. Um, and I have to go hide and recharge. But if so, you're saying if you are in a comfortable domain where you know you have expertise, you can hold court, you can do whatever you got to do. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah. if you haven't seen a new on stage, if you're talking to a new in a hallway or you see a new in front of 800 people, it's pretty much the same thing. Just maybe a yes. little more energy on stage, but um, yes, you don't have any kind of, you're just always even keeled. And, you know, I do need my space. I do need that, what I, I call my time from humanity. Mm -hmm. So every so often I need to get away and not see people, not talk to people. After class, for example, I need to be by myself. I cannot handle being with people yeah. after teaching a class. Um, I was talking to somebody. I said, I really don't like people. But I like helping people. There is a difference. And okay. I think that kind of lines into our topic today yeah. as a facilitator. <laughs> and also, right? as a facilitator. Anu and I are very <laughs> like-minded and we often arrive at the same place. And I was just thinking like 30 seconds ago, this is the perfect bridge into the main topic of the conversation. So, um, there you go. 
So Anu <laughs> teaches a lot of different certification classes, but there's mm-hmm. a brand new one that the Scrum Alliance just introduced. Um, yes. And maybe we could talk, maybe tell them, we could tell them what it is, but I'd also like to give a little bit of the backstory about where it came from and why it's here. So. Yeah. So the name of the certification is a mouthful. It's Agile Coaching Skills Certified Facilitator. The okay. word soup is ACSCF. Now, this comes from, we teach a lot of Strom classes. We do, you know, the Strom Master classes, Product Owner classes, the leadership classes. And then once you get to the professional level, you go off into the guides community, which is coaches and trainers. Mm-hmm. How do we bridge the gap? One, how do we bridge the gap to make sure people who are getting into coaching and training have good facilitation skills? Because mm-hmm. Facilitation skills, the thing I'm really tired of hearing people is, oh, yeah, I'll wing it. You can't wing it. Winging it is be a disaster, right? Hope is not a strategy. You cannot work. It doesn't work that way. So how do you learn good facilitation skills? So that was one. I also find that I'm a started my career as a traditional PM. I work, I coach and train a lot of traditional project managers. I work with clients who have PMOs, I think project managers also need some good facilitation skills. We wrangle cats. And imagine if you could herd cats in a way that would be less frustrating. I think facilitation skills are important there. I want to pause on that one for a second, because something that Mm. I see happening, I mean, as a project manager, as somebody who taught PMB certification and has a master's degree in project management, the way I think of it is it was always just expected that you could just go do that. You could take the room. Yeah. And do whatever. But what I notice in class is when I get a lot of people that are from that background, similar to mine, they have the same sickness I have, which is you're in a room, you know, you have to do stuff and nobody's running anything. You don't want to take charge, but you're more uncomfortable with the fact that no one's in charge. So you just go yeah. full command and control and run the thing. And exactly. That's not facilitation. <laughs> that's just no. bullying people. Um, so how do you how do you describe what you mean by facilitating? Like, what's the difference between what a project manager would think, or maybe even an agile coach would think, and actually facilitating? So facilitation means whatever the group is trying to do in that meeting, event, whatever. Mm-hmm. Facilitation means you're going to make it easier for the group to get wherever they need to go. That means the group has to get to wherever they need to go, not you are going to tell them where to go. There's that difference between that command and control that we, I recognize that. When nobody's in control, I jump in and I take charge. And that is not facilitation. That is me just saying, okay, everybody stop. Here are the five things we're going to do. Boom, 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 let's go. As a facilitator, you would step in and say, let's figure out where do you need to go and what are different ways I can get you there. It, I think it takes more patience. It takes more effort. It is harder to facilitate than to command and control. Okay. So you said, you originally said easier, and I'm glad easier. you made the distinction between easier for like you and easier for them. Because it's easier mm. for you to just give them the answer, but that's not really going to help yes. them. But do you think there are times when 
the best approach is to allow them to struggle through something. I mean, you might see the problem and clearly see the path of the answer, but you know at the same mm -hmm. time, you have to keep your mouth shut and let them twist for a bit until they figure it out. Yeah. Apps 100%. They know one of the things I teach in my classes is rule one of facilitation. You have to be neutral. You cannot participate and facilitate at the same time. You cannot have an opinion. You, If you are neutral, you are going to be comfortable with letting them struggle a bit. You are going to be okay. comfortable with letting them figure out their own answers. For me, the facilitator is the process authority, not content authority. Right? For wow. huge difference there. Because if I am content authority, then people are just going to look at me and say, so tell us what to do. That is not facilitating. That is just telling them what to do. Okay. If I'm just the process authority where I'm like, hey, Dave, you haven't spoken for a minute. What do you think? Oh, you guys are going off and having a side conversation. Let me bring you back in. If I'm focused on the group and the process, I will be able to recognize when people are shutting down, when people are disengaging. That is facilitation. Okay. There's a lot in there. Um, mm -hmm. So one of my struggles as, as somebody who's done coaching is, and I think it applies probably to what you just described with facilitation too. I can be in a room with people, like let's say it's an agile gig, and I can watch them do something wrong like three or four times. And I can hold the space and allow them. But after mm. a certain point, I'm like, just stop. Put that down. Just pick this. And I literally, like, I snap and I can't do it anymore. So how do you? how did you build that muscle? to be able to just sit in that that moment where in the back of your head you're like, oh, come on. But you know that that's not going to serve anyone. How, how did you, you learn know, to do that? I think I had some amazing partners, mentors that I got to work with when I started coaching and I got to observe what good facilitation looks like. Okay. I, I, I'm like you. If my patience has a limit. <laughs> I know that you were like me, which is why I asked. <laughs> yes. And, and after a certain while, I'll be like, oh, come on. Put on your big boy pants and grow up and yeah. do it the right way. I'd be jumping in. But I had opportunities, you know, when I first was starting to observe some people who knew how to just be comfortable with that real awkward silence. And I remember one particular instance, um, this was in Seattle, we were working at a client site and this person I was working with, I was like, I, I think you could see me like bursting, trying to say something. <laughs> and this person with me just put his hand on my shoulder and said, breathe. This is about them, not about you. I think and we could I all use that person. Huh? We could all use that person. I know I could use that right? person in every class. Every class. I mean, and th those are the kind of voices I hear even today when I'm wanting to say, oh, come on. Yeah. I hear those few voices that have helped me figure this out saying, breathe. Remember, it's about them. It's not yeah. about you being right. It's not about you having the answers. It doesn't matter if you have the answers. Okay. They need to figure out the answers. I, for me, having watched what real good facilitation looks like and feels like, 
and I've done bad facilitation where I've told them what to do. And I see the difference in the outcomes. Okay. And that I think is what helps me. doesn't mean I'm patient all the time. Even now I'm not. There are times when I say, okay, let's take a break. And I walk away and I go and I breathe and I say, okay, not everybody is smart. Some people don't have half a brain, but that's okay. It's their thing to deal with. You know, in, you know, in coaching, we talk about people are naturally creative, resourceful and whole. And I often say, well, you could be an idiot, but you're still naturally creative, resourceful and a whole idiot. So it is up to you to, (laughs) (laughs) it is up to you to figure out your stuff. Your own best path. Yeah. Okay. I, if you're asking me to mentor you, that's a whole different ballgame. I will give you some answers. We'll talk about what you could try. But if you're bringing me in to facilitate, it is better for me not to know anything about the content. Yeah. Like I tell people, I go in to facilitate meetings. And if my client has said, I need this group to choose between A, B, C, and D. My job is just that. Make sure the group picks one and is, has consensus. I don't care which one they pick. Not my, it's not my yeah, problem. Yeah. It's their problem. And I think as long as you keep that in mind, it's their agenda, it's their thing, they know best. We just need to make sure that everybody has spoken, all ideas have been mm-hmm. uh, talked through. And if you have an opinion, if you're biased, you're never going to make sure all opinions are heard because your opinion is obviously the best. So that's another muscle then that you have to develop is the one. Yeah. When I used to try to run retrospectives and participate in them, I would have this struggle because yeah. I exactly. felt in the beginning until I learned to not do it, I needed to comment on everything people said, which, you know, of course, the white guy in the front of the room is like, well, let me tell you how <laughs> I feel about that. Yes. Um, but it, it takes a while to learn to develop that ability to just shut your mouth and let people Absolutely. Talk. Absolutely. And I remember the the silence, the awkward silence. Another mentor, great lesson. I remember I was I was assisting teaching a class for leaders and this <laughs> this person asked a question and the leaders weren't really participating and he said, "Okay, I'm going to ask this question one more time." And then Anu and I are going to just walk away until one of you speaks. And I'm like, huh? And that's what he did. He asked yeah. a question. He said, come on, turn your back to the room. I'm like, you never turn your back to your students. He goes, they might yes, have you knives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He goes, no, let's, let's just look at the window and have a conversation. We'll wait till one of them speaks. I'm going, oh, yeah. my God, this is so awkward. And he went, yeah. And you just breathe through it. You don't give in. You've got to let the group go, oh, she really isn't going to speak. Yeah. Okay, fine. I'll break the silence. Yeah, because at some point they'll become so uncomfortable, they'll do something with that moment. They'll do something. Yeah. It's a muscle that is so hard to learn. And I think, you know, if you've you've ever been audited for anything, Mm -hmm. this is what auditors do really well. They ask a question and they zip it. They just sit there staring at you until you start babbling. And then they say, gotcha, right? Yeah. It's a skill. And I think as facilitators, there are a few skills we need to have. 
Okay. One, I think, is this comfortable with silence. Two, being completely neutral. Um, first rule of facilitation, be neutral. So that, that's it. Hang on before you go on to the next one, because yes. um, I want to ask about this. Do you have to be completely neutral or do you just have to be someone who has uh, tools that help them keep whatever they're not neutral about in check? So that it doesn't show. I think up. it's the it's the latter. Okay. You don't have to be neutral. Most of us have opinions about everything. Yeah. Let's right. be honest, right? I think it's about if you're aware of things that you are not neutral about. If you're aware of them, then you can manage them. Okay. This all again comes down to being aware, self awareness. Yeah. If you are not aware of what your beliefs are or what your biases are, how are you going to be neutral? So is you that can't. going to come out of the train? I mean, yeah. is that one of the things Huge that they're problem. going to have to do is develop a deeper sense of self-awareness? Absolutely. It's how do you understand yourself and what you are, what are your blind spots? Because those are the blind spots are the ones that cause us to be non-neutral. Okay. We don't even know we are being non-neutral. Right? Yeah. And also things about, you know, watch your face, watch your body language. Non-neutrality isn't just the questions or the yeah. way you speak. It's the faces you make. Uh, it's the body language. Everything. And, and I know that you're somebody who sometimes struggles with making the face. Like I've seen you do it oh in front my of people. God. Oh my God. Like that, they say that something and you make the like WTF face. <laughs> oh, completely, completely. For me, like, you know, when I go into coaching and facilitation mode, yeah. I actually have to spend a few minutes before I'm jumping into the session going, remember, breathe, don't make a face, yeah. <laughs> calm your brain. Listen, I have to kind of be mindful of how I show up. Okay. And I tell people one of the best things I've ever learned in coaching classes is how to manage my facial expressions. It's best thing ever. So can I ask one more question about this before we go on to yeah. the next part? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I encounter a lot of people who have a coaching background. And when we have conversations, uh -huh. I get a lot of, mm. 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 <laughs> To the point where, like, after a couple of minutes, I'm like, could you stop with the coaching side, please? Like, it's just, it's obviously something that they've either picked up or been taught to do. But I'm assuming at some point, people that have enough skill in that learn to stop playing that on repeat over and over and over again. Absolutely. Are you teaching uh, that kind I of stuff too? Like, are you teaching how to become more aware of that? Being more aware of your sounds, right? The, hmm, I find that very annoying. Yeah. Very annoying. I think, you know, if you are listening to what I'm saying, yeah. you don't need to go, mm-hmm, hmm, I can, I get, I, most people have good intuition. They can pick up on the fact, are you BSing me? Or are you actually yeah. listening to me? You don't need to act that you're listening to me, right? Mm -hmm. And I think good coaches and good... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, um, and I think good coaches and good facilitators can use body language, facial expression, the mmms, whatever they use yeah. to create an environment where people are willing to participate. 
and not be like, really, dude, you're putting on an act. Okay. So assuming people are back in a room, and in, in mm-hmm. a minute, I want to actually talk about what they're going to get out of the course, but you keep saying things. That yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. one of the things that I used to do when I was studying, really, really, really studying body language, I was working at a bunch of different client sites and I would intentionally do things with my body to see what kind of reaction it created in other people. Like I would stand too close to people or I would sit on the edge of their desk or I'd take food off their plate just to see like, what's going to happen if I do this? <laughs> and it was really just trying to understand more about how people react to their space being invaded or used in a certain way. I mean, do you go into any of that, like from a social engineering standpoint, I'm not saying you should walk around and like be abusive to people, but it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't too over the top. I was just trying to understand and learn more about that. Are you, are you covering any of that kind of stuff? I think yes, and I think what you're pointing out to is when you facilitate a group of people, whether it's a meeting, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you have to know the people you're facilitating. Yeah. You may have, like we were talking earlier, you may have introverts and extroverts. You, If you're facilitating and you know, okay, Anu and Deva in the room, they're introverts, but they're, they're high energy introverts. Mm-hmm. You may react to, you may need to facilitate conversations with me differently than somebody else who is completely an extrovert. You're going to have to ask me different questions. You're going to have to create an environment that is different. So if I don't know the people I'm facilitating and I don't know how they react, I have may do the wrong thing and piss people off. I've done that. I've actually walked into rooms not knowing who they are and done something that has annoyed people and completely disengaged them from the meeting. And I'm sitting there going, I'm a damn good facilitator. Why aren't you reacting to me? Come on, I'm good at this. Come on, I'm good at this. But I think it was because I didn't understand, I didn't take time to know the people. Yeah. And because of that, I assumed what works for me will work for every person in the meeting. It does not. As a facilitator, this is where your neutrality is helpful, right? If you can focus on the process, then you can look at the different people and say, okay, Dave's an introvert, John's an extrovert, Anu's middling, this person never likes to be called on like this. That person always wants to speak. If I know my people, I I can create the process and I can create design the facilitation in such a way that everybody is able to engage comfortably. Yeah. That is the only way I can make it easier for the whole group to discuss and reach their decision. If I just focus on the one person who's always going to speak, that is not facilitation. You're missing the big picture here. Okay. I want to try to draw a control parallel. I'm going to, this is going to take mm. a second. I'm thinking uh-huh. about project managers, not, not straight up agile right? People that are accustomed yeah. to being in control of a room. Um, I'm just going to set that aside for a second. I went to a concert a few months ago and saw this guy named John Zorn. He's an avant-garde jazz guy, like almost, I think he's like 70 years old now. And there's four people mm. on stage and it's very high energy, very atonal music. But uh, if you're, if you're listening, you can't see what I'm doing, but he would like point at one person and flip his finger up like he was turning them on and then he pointed another guy and hold his, his palm out flat like you stop and he kept jabbing his fingers at these people like pulling them like they're playing them like they were the instrument 
And mm. I thought it was one of the most amazing things I'd ever seen because here are four humans on stage and one of them is turning the faucet on and off for yeah. each person, creating this new thing that they all do together. And yeah. on the one hand, I'm wondering, that it sounds like what you're describing is similar in that you have to learn the room and then you can play yeah. the room. Exactly. Which is a sense of control, but the only way you get that is by giving up a lot of yourself too. It's not just like I'm like when you said I'm good at this. Like that's not the same thing. No. So there is a there is a video out there. And I can send it to you. It's about the examples of facilit good facilitators by looking at musical conductors. Oh. So what makes a musical conductor one of the best? Like your example kind of brought that to mind, and I'll, I'll send that to you. It's about a really good musical conductor mm -hmm. is focused on the music, not on his or her abilities to create said music. Right. They know that they are not playing any you're instrument. Ch you're channeling it. You're not. You are channeling it. The yeah. people who are playing, the musicians, are the ones who have the expertise all I can do is kind of guide them through to create the music. It's their music. It's yeah. they are the ones who are playing it. And this video actually goes through examples of different conductors and say, so this conductor, not a very good facilitator because they were focused on themselves. Okay. This conductor, not a very good example of facilitation because of this other thing. Right. Here's a conductor who's brilliant in facilitation because they were not focused on them. They were focused, focused on the music the musicians were creating and making sure that it went towards the direction that music needed to go. And yeah. I think that's such a beautiful analogy. That's a great, yeah. How do you create music? So I know, like, even as a project manager back in the days, I mean, lessons learned was right. my biggest nightmare meeting to ever attend because everybody would be yelling and screaming about everything that went wrong in the project. How do you facilitate that meeting so that the team in the room gets value, that they create the music, they create the learning and understanding that they need to take into their next piece of work? Well, you just shifted away from something. Most, I mean, the project managers, most of them in that meeting, are going to think, "I'm going to get my lessons learned that I'm going yeah. to post somewhere." Not yeah. what are yeah. they? What are they going to take away from it? It's it's exactly. you're completely it's, shifting your focus backwards. Yeah, okay. exactly. Focus on them, and the again going back to being neutral. You can only focus on them if you are able to be neutral in the moment. Yeah, you. Do not focus on what you need because this is not about you. I go back to what you know. I told you about what that first mentor, he yeah. put his hand on my shoulder and said, breathe, this is not about you, it's about them. It's as long as you can keep that in mind, you have a good path forward. Yeah. If you forget that, then you make it about you. I need you to do this. I don't need you to do a thing. And so part of that self-awareness then is also knowing when yes. you need to step out for your own health so that you can show back up and be there for them. Exactly. Which a lot of and coaches are bad at that, taking care of themselves. Yes. I, know. <laughs> I mean, we teach a lot in this class about, you know, how do you recognize in the moment that, uh-oh, I'm, I'm making this about me, and what are some techniques we can learn to say, okay, let's take a break, let's pause, 
what can you do? Here are a few techniques that have worked for the people who, who are going to be teaching this class. Yeah. And then we will create some more, we'll ask the class, what do you do to kind okay. of ground yourself in the moment to say, okay, stop, it's not about me. How do you do that for you? I don't have all the answers, but we have some suggestions. Okay. Again, it's a facilitation class, so we're not going to tell you what to do. Right. Uh, we will get you to also learn how you become aware of your own biases. Okay. So, so let's talk specifically about the class. Let's say that I am a career project manager or a career agile person who's moved into mm-hmm. coaching. What am I going to gain out of this class? Like, what am I going to come away with that makes makes me better at what I do? So, from if. So again, I go back to what most agile coaches love talking about, the being and the doing, right? So the being or the you, thinking. You gotta make jazz hands when you do that. I know. <laughs> but there is a mindset of a facilitator, right? To be neutral, self-awareness, that neutrality, focus on the people, not on you. So we learn some techniques and tools to help us do that. Okay. So that's all that mindset thing. But then on actual facilitation, you're going to walk away with frameworks on how do I design facilitating a good uh, meeting, whatever meeting that you have. We have a framework, two different frameworks that we bring in to say, here are two approaches to design meetings or events or lunch and learns, whatever you're creating. Okay. Here are some ways to think about it. It's not a do these five things and you'll be brilliant. Yeah. It's here are three things you should focus on, be focused on. Thing one, here are different ways you can do thing one. Here are different ways you can do thing two. And then you will actually get to design a, a facilitation guide for an event you're going to be doing in the near future. Oh, okay. So you get to practice this thing in the moment as well you get to and you get feedback from everybody in class to say wait i don't understand that right um in a lot of times like one of the biggest things my my biggest thing i've been on this last year is meeting etiquette oh um i have I have leaders who tell me, oh, I, I got to run. I, can't, I have to hop off this coaching call because I just got invited to a meeting. I'm like, what's the meeting about? I don't know. Who's in the meeting? I don't know. What's the purpose of the meeting? I don't know. Why the heck are you going to the meeting? Because I was invited. What the heck kind of answer is so, that? So Anu and I are going to do another podcast in the near future about meeting etiquette. <laughs> yes. I'm all in. I... I think this is the most frustrating thing. I actually have been coaching leaders to say no to meetings if it comes without an agenda. So as a facilitator, what is your responsibility in ensuring that the right people attend your meeting and that the right people are there to talk about getting to the right outcome? I think that's, for me, the biggest thing you'll walk away in this class about how do you help make meetings more effective? Okay. All right. So, and yes, okay. I'm all in for meeting etiquette, by cool. the way. I'm in. I, I'll make sure you have two hours, though, because there, no, there's I, a lot there. I think that would be a very <laughs> cool topic. Okay. So, yes. this would be a class for somebody who is an experienced professional who is looking to add to their skill set. Or, or, like for me, what I would gain out of this would be 
better tools to to understand and manage myself, which allows me to serve the people in my classes better. Yes, and I don't think you need to be very experienced a if you have a brand new project manager. Okay. I think this is a good class for them because out of the gate they're going to learn good facilitation skills which will help okay. them in their project management career. Same thing with scrum masters, product yeah. owners, right? I think it is effective facilitation skills that will get you to good outcomes. Okay. And for me, the reason I am very interested in this is, yes, the agilists, the project managers, also leaders. Yeah. Do you know how many team managers have no freaking clue about how to facilitate a good team meeting? A hundred percent of them. Yeah. But I was also yeah. thinking if I am newer in my career that the people that get that rise faster are the ones that you can bring into a room and they can make things happen. And this is, is going to exactly. give you tools to do that. Exactly. Okay. I mean, if you are starting your career and you go and you have skills that somebody who's been around for 10 years does not have, yeah. who do you think is going to be called to facilitate a meeting? Okay. Yeah, obviously. Okay. So, right? And that gives you a leg up. And you're going to have four people running this with you or three people running yeah, with you, Yeah, right? so I worked with three other amazing women to create the content okay. because it's more fun to do it with others than do it yourself. So when we teach this class for the very first time, it will be right after the Scrum Gathering in Portland, Oregon in May. Okay. So the class is May 11th and 12th. This is in person. The first one is in person. All four content creators will be in the room teaching the class. Okay. So right now we have we have enough people to run the class. We're hoping we'll get more. And well, where where are you capping all, it? Like what what's the limit for the class? I'm very curious about. I that. think we want to cap it at about fifteen ish people. Okay. Um, more than that, maybe. So this is the first time we're teaching it. But that's a, I think that's a big deal too. Like there's a lot of discrepancies in class size right now. And I know that the Scrum Alliance yeah. allows people to have bigger classes for CSM and PO. Mm -hmm. For me, as of maybe and maybe this is selfish, as a facilitator, I really want to be able to connect directly with every person in the room. Like I want to leave knowing we've spoken about their thing. Mm -hmm. And I tried for the online, it's 18. I mean, eventually, hopefully in person, I'll get back up to like the 24. But um, yeah, but I like small because I know I'm going to be able to give attention and they're, they're going to get attention. There are bigger classes, yeah. but I'm guessing that's important to you as well. It is very important. And that's why I think because there are four facilitators in the room, maybe I'll be comfortable going up to 18 or 20 because if we have four tables, each one of us can focus on one table and okay. help everyone learn new skills. Uh, most of our virtual classes will be at least taught by two of us. So I don't want to teach this alone because if I have two virtual breakout rooms, I want two facilitators to be able to work with these people because facilitation skills are different. We don't, most people who come into class don't know these skills, don't know how to do this. Yeah. So we are going to need to teach the activities as well. Okay. So I think we need that one-on-one -on -one focus. So yeah, the first class, it'll be all four of us. And then our next couple of virtual classes will be at least two of us, if not three, doing the virtual classes as well. Okay, and they're going to be two-day classes as well. 
Two day classes, yeah. Okay. And people, is there so a test or anything? Or they just get, the, oh, go ahead. You finish what you're going to say. We want to experiment with long term classes, but for now, just to do some um, yeah. iterations through content, we want to do the two day classes. Okay. And, there's no and by the way, when you come to any of our classes, any of my classes, you will get two certifications. Okay. Uh, you will get this from Alliance, ACSCF, long, long, all the certifications are a mouthful. And we'll also be able to give you an IC Agile, Agile Teams facilitation oh. certification as well. That's yeah. pretty cool. Okay. So they get two for yeah. one. Um, two for one. Yes. <laughs> All right, so it's going to be online. Oh, there's no test, right? You just you just go and no test, stay yes, conscious no. and go along with the room, and it's all good. Yeah, stay conscious, go along with the room, and by the end of class, you will have to create a facilitation guide. Okay. Uh, which you will get feedback on. I think that's the biggest output that okay. you will create in class, and once you do that, that's the that's the certification. Okay. Um, what if they want to learn more about this class? Where should they go? Uh, they can actually go to the Scrum Alliance website okay. and look for classes, or they can just email me. Uh, my email address is anu, A-N-U, at Kapala Consulting, C-A-P-A-L-A Consulting.com. Okay. Um, my classes right now, there are three classes set up on Scrum Alliance. All information is there. Okay. And for those listening to Dave's podcast, if you uh, if you are interested in any of the classes, reach out to me and I will honor a $100 off discount just for Dave's listeners. Wow. That's awesome. Yay, Thank yeah. you. Um, <laughs> Okay, and I, we should mention one other thing. So this is a, a new program, and it's it's in yes. just been released, and you are the only North American trainer of this program at this particular moment. There are at others on the way, but right now you're it. Okay. Yep, right now uh, my classes are the only ones that are available in North America. Yeah. Europe and Asia, they've, been, they've already done their classes. They've been ahead of the whole ball game this time but okay. in north america i'm the first one to be certified first class out uh i know there are others coming yeah 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 but you're paving the way so it, I'll, okay. i'm going to put links to each of the classes that you've got posted okay. in the show so you just i'll send you the links them. um yeah what if they want to just track you down w with questions and stuff they could email you is there social media or linkedin or anything they should look at I'm on LinkedIn, um, Anu Smalley at LinkedIn. Um, okay. You can reach out there or just email me. If between um, me and my operations person, one of us will get back to you instantly. Well, instantly means 24 hours. So. Okay. And they can also see you in Portland if they come to the Scrum Gathering. And yeah, come to Portland. I am speaking in Portland as well. I have, and we are actually going to be doing... Um, on the Monday, there is going to be a session on this class, uh, which oh, cool. will give you more information about, and we go into details of the learning objectives and what are the different things you learn. And so if you are still unsure, is this class for me or not? Yeah, you can email me, there. contact me. I'm happy to give you information Great. or in Portland, come to the information session on Monday. 
So you can learn more about the class itself cool. and, you know, and join us for one of the future classes. That'll yeah. be fun. And I'll, so I'll also include a link to the Scrum Alliance page that explains the certification and how it all works as well. Yes. Um, and I'll send you the link for the Monday free. session. Excellent. Thank you. And thanks yeah. for making time for this. It was really fun talking to you again. But um, it was. I, I this wish you this great. class sounds really cool. And I'm it looking is. forward to talking I, about I meetings it. too. Um, yes, meetings. So that'll be the next one I, after, after Portland. We'll do it after Portland so we can talk about how the class went. There you go. I love that. That'll be great. All right. Well, thank you very much, Anu. Thanks, Dave. This is fun. <laughs> Bye.